Drawn Podcast Network. Yeah, I mean, this is a very impactful movie. It's kind of a hangout movie. Oh, is it a hangout movie? It kind of is. It has a little bit more... It's definitely not a road trip movie, even no. though there's a lot of travel. There's some travel, yeah. But, like, it's not about the journey so much as just a series of destinations. Yeah, it's a series of vignettes. It's largely about, you know, your main character and his relationship to a few people, one of whom is his, not present. Yeah. It's his mother and his best friend, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, in that way, it's very much a hangout movie. I never saw it as that. See, I've seen it more as a road trip movie because eh, the yeah. travel is cut out. Actually, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, there's because, very, well, not not all of it, but there's very little actual travel. Yeah, because he's our perspective character and he's a narcoleptic. So much travel happens where he's not even conscious for it. So yeah. it's not even a road trip movie for him. No, and the structure is dreamlike because of that. I and all of a sudden, now that we're talking about this, do we think that the fact that he's always places but never going there, like there's no travel, like well, i.e. growth, like he's do we so think that's medically passive but in do a we, crazy way? But do we think that is a stylistic choice, like a symbolic choice that uh, he is? I have watched this movie. There's probably. no growth there's just moving from place to place to place i've like, watched this movie probably 150 times and i have not thought about that so yeah. welcome you've wow. been here before yeah Just say the name of it. Oh yeah, uh, real quick. Uh, hello, excellent humans. Welcome to another episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I'm your co-host Hunter Bush. With me, as always, your co-host Allison Nicholas. And our is it four time, three time, three time, three time guest, Aaliyah Amalani. Me. <laughs> Previously of Deep Blue Sea and Dreamcatcher. <laughs> so we went a little different on this route. On this, this is journey. this. We we went with good movie, bad movie before as a metric, as a, as a binary metric. But this is a totally different strain of good movie. It is. It is a definitely a different a different breed. My own private Idaho. 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Gus Van Zandt. Indeed, indeed. First time I saw My Own Private Idaho. Way too young to be watching My Own Private Idaho. <laughs> and it was because I was obsessed with Keanu Reeves already because it was the 90s and. He was very good looking. He yeah, uh, was. Was. <laughs> you know how it went downhill yeah. from you know there. Now, bad he looks now. <laughs> um, Little ugly Keanu, we call him in the business. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's really just Keanu been. Um... He is Keanu old. He's just still Keanu beautiful. So, yeah, I saw this movie the first time when I was 10 years old because I was just obsessed with Keanu. Perf. I had very limited parental oversight. I just, we had a video. Same. Yeah, we had a video store in town that I would go to and go. And look you at ride your minion motorcycle in the town. <laughs> right. We'll get to the minion <laughs> motorcycles. The funniest thing happened. We realized this is where the minions came from. <laughs> you never would have guessed they came from my own private Idaho. I had a crush on the video store boy. Shocker. And I had a crush on Keanu Reeves. So it was a perfect combination. I actually have. Who the... also worked there. Can you imagine? I do have the original. Hi, Leah. Do you want to watch another one of my movies? <laughs> I mean, that's Stop. probably. That was good of an impression. It's <laughs> probably how that happened. It's just like a poster that you're staring yeah, at. It <laughs> starts moving. It was kind of like that. Because I don't know. You remember video stores? You just looked at like a They're lot magical. of. Mine had so many repurposed standees telling you to keep the box on the shelf and just tell the fucking people at the front uh, what you want. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was like a lot of like slasher standees of like, you better not be taking that box to the yeah. front. Yeah, I loved it. It was quirky. Yeah, it's great. I yeah. have my original VHS copy that like when the store was switching over to all DVDs and they were selling off VHSs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have the original VHS copy that I watched when I was 10 years old. Oh, ah. that's great. Okay, so I just moved into a new place, my own place, and so I get to have all it's my your own, own stuff. your own private Idaho. My own private Idaho. There you go. <laughs> and I've been going through my stuff that I haven't like seen in like thousands of years. I realize how many things I double bought, like saving Silverman. It's always the things that you don't think you have already. So yeah. it's going to be like, yeah, that weird thing of like. Yeah, you're like, I you definitely know. don't own saving Silverman yeah. already. You had a weird one recently. What was the um, the shitty dragon movie? Fire something. Fuck. What is it? It's Christian fucking Bale. It's Christian Bale yeah. and the dragons. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. and Yeah. What's it called? God damn it. It's not Woody Harrelson. It's Matthew McConaughey. Uh, oh, that's well, right. It is right, McConaughey. All right, all right, all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brain of Fire. Uh, well, he's bald in it. It's very much yeah, Woody no, Harrelson's to, to performance be... in the new Planet of the Apes movies. But could you yeah. picture... It will truly be a Planet of the Apes. <laughs> like, it's that performance. <laughs> Can you picture uh, Cheers actually being done over again, but with Matthew McConaughey? As, as Woody? Yeah. Oh. Fade in on Cheers. All the regulars are gathered Sometimes around. Sometimes you want uh, In walks Norm. Everybody goes, Norm! He goes, hey, Sammy. And he's like, what can I get you, Norm? He's like, I don't know, divorce papers or something. I don't like my life. And he's like, I mean... And he goes, oh, I'm kidding, I'll have a beer. And then he sits down. And then Matthew McConaughey has Woody and is like, all right, all right, all right. What's Mr. Up? Peterson. What's up, Mr. Peterson? You know what I like about all the beers in this place? I keep pouring them. They stay the same price. <laughs> Damn. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Don't give all this away. They're going to steal all this. Gold. this. They're all going to steal this now. Somewhere right now. They're like, Somewhere guy. out there. Yes. And also Five He lives in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Hunter have both seen this movie before. I've yeah, seen I've it a lot. Seen it. This is my third time. Okay. So you've seen it a couple times. Yeah. I, I saw Drugstore Cowboy once. Well, side note, do you remember that in Drugstore Cowboy, Ajax from The Warriors is in it? I have a big old crush on Ajax, but he's not. A good actor. But only in the Warriors when he's like, you know, kind of like shitty, dirty. You, I love. You, you like somebody that looks like they are. I love. Dirty. A, he, yeah. He's also like such a shithead in it. I'm like, oh, stop. Swearing. Why is your type somebody that doesn't have a regular place to sleep? <sighs> I know, dude. I still because like, then they're more likely to come home with you. Hunter. I get. I guess. Yeah, they need a warm fucking. Although it's like a low self esteem thing. I like, oh, to... they won't come home with me unless they are sleeping in an abandoned log. Although room. you say this, but I tried to sleep with somebody the other night i didn't try hard mind you i'm not there's not a lot of effort in my end to like sleep with anyone usually um, in case listeners don't know these episodes uh with Aaliyah are more specifically therapy i go to school for psychology it's going to end up a therapy session it's what i do to all listeners yeah. i'm sorry but I'm, I, I'm turning the air conditioning on it's too okay. warm in here all right so if you guys have to deal with some background hum i apologize but it's not look it's right. a little white noise for all of y'all yeah, yeah, yeah i'll try to minimize it but, but yeah. if there's some residual i'm sorry i'll have to deal with it um my former lover my former tent dwelling so lover many. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my have god have we mentioned that we think you have a type <laughs> i okay Again, we somebody will, looks like they haven't had a good night's sleep will, in weeks. We will get to that. And you're like, me we will get fucking to, owl. We will get to my root here soon enough, all right? <laughs> raccoon anyway. eyes and raccoon friends. Oh, God, he was fighting <laughs> raccoons for his bread. Anyway. I'm spilling my drink. So my former, my former <laughs> uh, tent-dwelling lover... <laughs> I, we weren't making love Fuck, while he lived in That's an tent. amazing sense. <laughs> it's so evocative. 
Just TDL for short. <laughs> tent dwelling lover. <laughs> this tent dwelling lover, former lover of mine. Oh, it's uh, a TDFL. Well, look, okay, he's also formally a tent dweller too. So he's oh, like okay, so double former just, tent F- dweller slash lover. So. D F T D S L. We're trying to figure out a lot of. He was also of, like, DTF. He was right. So the, we're trying to figure out so a lot of phrases D-F-T-D-S-L here tonight. D F T D S L was DTF. Did Got we it. ever come up with anything nice. for for the bisexual half Asian? M Bison. Ah. It's like M Bison. God, exactly. it's, it, it goes so far. All the response is. God, is it? It's like the most appropriate response to most of my jokes. I mean, I'm like, oh, it's like this. It's like, God, is it? So I showed former tent dwelling lover of mine. <laughs> yes, just keep going. I showed him Please my. Roll through. I showed him my own private Idaho, and I felt like I was oh, I like. I thought you were gonna say house. <laughs> he had, He was living somewhere. He had a bed frame and everything. You guys. <laughs> All right. Why is that the metric? I showed him my own private Idaho because it seemed in context. But then, like, when it ended, I was like, oh, I feel like I bared parts of my soul that I'll never get back. I mean, we're friends now. It's fine. But, like, yeah, I showed him my own private Idaho and P&P, and I was like, oh. That is a thing. Like, what? I mean, no matter what the movie is, showing something that means a lot to you to somebody that like might mean a lot to you is kind of like it's rough it's raw yeah uh, right. so Allison was your first time watching it it was my first time watching it and I had a get, good time I'm over here like what is it like for somebody who like yeah, or hasn't seen it in a while or seen it for the first time it's almost like I can't believe I hadn't seen it sooner just because of all of like the people and the stuff in it and then we've done a couple of Shakespearean adaptations yeah I didn't realize Turns until out, you mentioned yep. while that we were watching it. That guy wrote a lot of uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty I, prolific. Pretty prolific guy. Yeah. yeah. Aaliyah mentioned while we were watching it that this is based off of a couple of the uh, Henry. King Henry's plays. Yeah. The fourth them, and fourth, the fifth. Fifth. Yeah, them Henry, the Henry Jones. Yeah. Is it fifth is in two parts? Is that? The fourth is in two parts oh, and fourth then the is fifth. in two parts. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, like, we've previously done... Uh, Romeo and Juliet. Boz Lerman's and, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Ten we've Things done I Hate About, about, about You, yeah. which is the... Taming, Taming of the, the Shrew. Shrew Reimagined. And so, you know, a, we're not... It was a word-for-word page accurate adaptation. He was just ahead of his time. But yes, yeah, so this He was like, one day of... there will be high schools. <laughs> and this will be horrible for everyone. You saw it for the first time here, and you're uh, 30 what? Thirty-one. Yeah, I'll be thirty-three next week. So hey, hey! Literally, all of my attractions are based on River Phoenix, which yeah. is true because this you is could one do worse, the though. most definitive movies. And yeah. as far as my sexual development goes, as a human yeah, yeah. being, it was My Own Private Idaho. Everything from there, like it's like you got a little of the Beastie Boys, you got a little of like uh, all the '90s, like little androgynousness. But then it was like really My Own Private Idaho. That, oh God, Damon Alburn, stop it! But yeah, My Own Private Idaho cemented all of it for me. Yeah, like, I can see that. River Phoenix's very... hair affected me. Like, like, oh, he's got amazing hair. Oh God, like audience, yeah. you can't see this, but Leah keeps picking up her notes, not looking at them, <laughs> then being like. Let's get back on topic and then throwing them down the table and picking up her drink and then we don't get on topic. <laughs> I have a method we need to, to my make madness. this into a video podcast. So it starts with a definition of what narcolepsy is. Yeah. Because that becomes a big this is Allison's part of this. Walk through the plot. Walk through the plot. Yeah. So Mike, who is not named Bob, is on a road. 
Almost no one in this movie is named Bob, except Bob. The guy Bob. that's named Bob. Yeah, Bob yeah. Is there is Bob. a guy named Bob, in fact. Well, so he's wearing, like, a fucking, you know... Yeah, a gas station yeah. or something. It's yeah, a Joe... As Mike Myers says in Wayne's World, it's a Joe job, which means he has an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. Okay, but also, at the end of the movie, he's supposed to be on the same road at the same time, yeah? Yeah, he's but wearing same much nicer. No, not same time. Not same time. No, that, so how many times did he go to that road? He just ended up at yeah, that road. Yeah, he just road. ended up back at well, the same he's, road. He's at that road, and then he's at that road again with uh, Keanu. Look, Keanu. there's like extended... And then he's at that road again the right. end of the movie. And yeah. I thought that the beginning of the movie was supposed to be the same as the end nope. of the movie, but he's wearing different no, clothes. No, it's supposed to be... Oh, is that before he even goes to like Seattle and Portland? Pr- yeah, probably. I mean, oh. like it's unclear, but it's supposed to be, yes, like and representative of... And he's wearing of... Bob as like a weird it's like so like an uh, like a like That's a foreshadowing so, or or maybe so there's, there's, there's like yeah. a lot of okay there's like a lot of exposition in the movie where there doesn't need to be and then there's a lot of not exposition where there probably should be some no yeah. I think but will. i think it's a perfect movie i think, I think it's the a movie perfect works movie. as what it is which it is, is like yeah it's kind of a fever dream like it's it's putting you in the mind of this main character mike who yeah. is narcoleptic so at times of like high stress he just passes the fuck he passes out. out and sleeps for a while. Sometimes not that long. Sometimes pretty long. And I got a comment because I River Phoenix's commitment to passing out is oh yeah, yeah like yeah. his like his, his physicality. Yeah, his physicality. He, he is out and it's weird. He's like, out, but it almost looks like he's having a seizure. Which I I have a friend who has narcolepsy. I only saw him do it. Is that the active word? Yeah. But no, I only it. saw him narc out. We'll say <laughs> one time, and it wasn't like that. He just was asleep like if you or i were asleep, like you look over and your friend passed out because you're drinking and watching movies or whatever oh he's asleep now it was just that he wasn't like twitching yeah and like weirdly stiff no or like um it's more people like pass out from heat and stuff it's like that where they're up and then they're out and they're back up again really confused this is this looks more like a seizure but i think it reads better and it's more dramatic and interesting and visually more impactful and it lets you know that he's not just like spaced out but that he is just like out out but like yeah. him like yeah. falling into splits and everything, I was like, yeah. wow! Like his like commitment he, like, to like plants hard. Yeah, his one like time, commitment to passing out is like strong in this film. Mike's on a road in Idaho. What's the plot? Okay, we have to go scene by scene. What's the plot? I well, again, the plot, like we were saying, is it's nebulous. Not, yeah, it's not so much a road trip movie as it is a series of vignettes in different locations, which we get title cards for that are on pastel backgrounds. Yeah, the, the, but they're connected. In, well, the, in no, they are connected. That's a not, sans serif font of some is it, variety. Yeah, no, the um, yeah, the the credits in this are. I totally forgot about this. They're very interesting because they are just these like. Not quite like plastic, like no, but colored, they, they look kind of eighties, where it's like yeah, they're, very they're, well. Nineteen ninety one was basically still the eighties. Yeah, yeah, that's it was, true. It was yeah, yeah decade hangover, yeah. but not quite pastel, but not quite like on model, like red and blue and green and yellow. It was like a yeah. goldenrod yeah, and like some a spring green. And, yeah, it, which it, I don't think we had by that point, or if we did, nobody no, yeah. knew about them. But it was interesting. Yeah, it, yeah I, I yeah. totally forgot about it. And it's such a weird no, and, kind and kind of, of visually a, bold choice. Yes, and it's kind yeah. of a big part of it because we spent a lot of times ping pong between Idaho, Seattle, uh, Seattle Portland, Portland, and Rome. Yeah, and Rome. Oddly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so we're ping ponging around a bit around the United States uh, West. Northwest Corridor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then also Rome. Can I say that? I really thought that was going to be a joke when they were like, oh, and the return address is Roma. That's Rome. I thought it was going to end up being like Roma, Illinois or something. You know, like a town. It's Rome. Um, It's great. My freshman roommate in college was from Moscow, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a 
Philadelphia, Mississippi, or something like. There's yeah, another I flirted with a oh, yeah. I flirted with a boy recently who couple this, times who was 23 Portland. and he was from Jupiter, uh, oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, where the drops are from? Or no, Mars. Was he from Mars? I can't remember. No, it was something. It was some weird planet. But he like stopped. Weird planet. He like just stopped though. He was like, "I'm from Mars." Over like, wait, what? He's like, "Mars, Pennsylvania." It's some shit like that. So Mars or Jupiter? I can't remember. Years ago, I was talking to a a band outside of a show. Like, we were like, "Oh, we like your show, whatever." Where you guys like from? And they're like, "Oh, we're from Knife City." And I was like, that's got to be, in my head, I was like, that's got to be bullshit. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's like an hour outside paradise. And I was like, oh, this is a bit. <laughs> and they were like, no, no, no. And they like realized, they're like, no, no, no. Paradise, Pennsylvania. It's like, it's like near whatever. And, they, and I was like, oh, actually, I do know the places you're naming. I was like, yeah. there's a place called Paradise? They're like, yeah. And like, we're like a small town. Outside. I was like, yeah. there's a town called Knife City? And they're like, yeah. They were called Kamikaze Zero. They were very nice dudes. It was Mars. Oh. It was Mars, Pennsylvania. Good okay. There is actually a place called Uranus, Missouri. Dude, it looks like the cutest town I've ever seen in my life. I looked it up. Yeah, it is very cute, but it, it looks... smells terrible. <laughs> <sighs> so we bounce around. We got Mike. Yeah, we got and Mike. And his best friend is Scott. Keanu. Keanu. Scott's Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. You might have heard of him. He's great. Yeah, Mike is River He's Phoenix. a Virgo. Um, yes, Mike wait, is they're River both Phoenix. Virgos. Uh, River and Keanu are both Virgos. Oh. In real life? Really? Yeah, double Virgos, baby. These are your mm-hmm. boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have River Phoenix, Mike. He has a lot of unresolved issues dealing with his, specifically his mother. Yeah, he's narcoleptic. He is a hustler, uh, like a, a, a gay uh, prostitute escort. man, yeah. escort, escort on the street. And Scott's a rich boy slumming it. Yeah, in mostly Seattle and Portland. He's and also Scott an escort, is, but just to be edgy. Yeah, just, yes. just for funsies. Scott has a golden parachute. Scott is 20, and you know when he's about to turn 21, which means he'll have access to more money. And also, his father is of ailing health, which when his father passes, yeah, he'll have all the, the money. The his father is the mayor. All my notes refer to him as Mayor Dad. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with Major Dad, even though it is only one letter different. But yeah, basically, uh, so his best friend is Keanu, and, and he's, you know, kind of in love with Keanu, because who wouldn't be? Who Can you blame be? him? I'm surprised Keanu's not in love with River Phoenix, because look at him. I need yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I know he's narcoleptic, but that's cute. He spends the last movie carrying him around. Love Somehow he transports him on a motorcycle. Yeah, it's very damsel in distress. Mm. But, like, he's just, he's so cute. and so pocket-sized. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very sweet little boy. Aww. Uh, God, you know. my, my fucking love for, I mean, like, like the, fragile, the, tender, Well, the, and I mean, the whole twinks. thing. The whole thing about River Phoenix is, like, he died tragically. It was a, you know, drug overdose. At the, the Viper, Viper Room, room yes, yeah. right? Yes, at the Viper Room. They Tragic. eventually try to track down Mike's mother. They they go to visit his brother, and then his brother's like, oh, mom's at this place, and they follow the trail yeah, also, to there. Wait, and is his brother actually his dad? Okay, so his bro- well, I was going to get to that in a here's minute, but yeah. yeah. I was going to no, say, I hate, okay, well, I, no, that's fine. I that's honestly fine. hate that there is an incest storyline, because that is the thing. I, it's almost like cartoonish. I read it. For years, for years and years and years, before I actually read the Criterion well, Collection thing, I read okay. it for years as, like, I don't give a fuck who my dad is, like, you raised me. I read it oh, as that that's for years. And then, like, come to learn, like, no, he actually, no, it's, like, yeah, it's kind it of, literally, it's and I was like, I don't like that. I was like, of, yeah. I'm good. I don't want to, like, acknowledge no, that. What it is, is he goes, he goes back to his, uh, you know, his familial, like, trailer in uh, Idaho, mm-hmm. and talks to his brother. His brother's a little older, and his brother reaffirms to Mike like hey you know mom was really in love with this guy from Reno he's a gambler 
Mom also kept a loaded gun. She used to stir food with it, like... And he's like, I told her, like, oh, dude. What are you going to do, Sharon? Blow up. Sharon, you're going to blow a hole in dinner, you know, whatever. And then she took uh, took that Reno guy to go see Rio Bravo. Yeah. And she Rio put Bravo the gun in his screen. mouth. Yeah, like a drive-in. She put the gun in his mouth. the blood. Yeah, and blew his brains out, and the popcorn absorbing the blood and all this. And, and, and Mike flips out, and he goes, no, I know who my real dad is. He goes, yeah, who? And he goes, it's you. Uh, what's his brother's name? Dick. Dick, yeah. Richard. He's like, yeah, yeah, Richard. He's like, mm. you, Dick. You're my dad, and I know that. Yeah. And then Dick, like, you know, storms through the trailer, like, ripping shit off the wall, like, knocking everything off the counters, because it's true. Like, he, he slept with his mother. And I hate that storyline. I, yeah, I hate any sort of... Yeah. I hate any incest storyline, so I just, like, don't acknowledge that, and I just stick with my no, original it's, thought is that, like... It's not... Of, of, like, I don't give a fuck who my real dad is. Here's the You're thing. my real dad. It's not... The movie doesn't... The movie doesn't change without yeah. that in it. The movie, right. yeah, it's exactly. not like the movie's could, structured in such a way that that has to be the that, that's linchpin. That's a major thing. absolutely read it that way, and it doesn't entirely no, change. I, no, I like the way kid, you yeah. read it, which is like, no, no, you're my, like, I mean, like, it doesn't. that guy's dead. Who gives his, a fuck about him? You raised me. You're his, my father. That's His how reaction doesn't make sense. It's clear, your, rea- your read is clearly not the right like the true one, but yeah. I, I like also, that read more okay. yeah. because it does. It, it feels more honest. This feels well. Also, that exploitative reads, I think in that a reads way. Sadder, yeah. But for money, he paints like portraits of yeah. People, There's a great re- the the initial like yeah. right before he says like oh I paint those. Do you like the portraits? The first one is like <laughs> the wildest painting of like a leering face like dramatically lit against a black background of. <laughs> But it's positioned on the wall above a lamp. There's a lot of interesting lamp usage in here. Well, uh, are you are you alluding to Udo Kier? Yeah. So (laughs) that reminded me of Blue Velvet, which came out in '89, only a few years before this. In which uh, that chick from Twin Peaks is in this film. Actually, Grace Zabriskie. But we're talking about the the brother and the paintings. So the brother that that reveal shot of that weird one leering face in a mostly black frame is so cool and weird. (laughs) I immediately was like. Fuck, that's a cool painting. Well, I want thing, that this painting. This movie is really yeah. tragic, but it has so many oh, funny hearts. Yeah, oh, and yeah. Then, and there's then so much humor and heart in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you tell real stories, people are messy, and so there's things yeah. that are funny and I also mean, sad. The things. And also weird. Like, and, earlier on yeah. with the, the real life, like Hustlers just telling stories, the, both the stories are awful. Yeah. Both stories are like yeah. tragic, right. like small scale tragedies. Yeah. But like. They tell them in such a way where it, they're just—it's so endearing. Yeah, well, they're just telling them that it's not acting. Yeah, no, I know. It's and like that's why it gets yeah. it like that. Yeah. yeah, it's so like affecting, and like you said, like the the ones the one who looked the like one, the, the, the one who looks like one. Sean White kind of. Yeah, the blonde he, one. He's Mike he's, Waters. Mike well, Waters. He's, he's the one who's uh, Rivers character is like based, based off on. of kind of. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. He starts talking, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this feels. Real and also, it breaks the rhythm of the movie in a weird way. Where I was like, "Oh, this feels like an aside." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah it, it just has a well, an energy some parts, especially the first time you see it, where it's like, "Whoa, where did that Shakespearean shit come in?" Or where is this like confessional? But then you like learn, it's like, "Oh, it was because it was based on Shakespeare." Oh, because they were interviewing real hustlers about so, like their experiences, shit like that. Yeah. So it seems like out of place, but it's totally in place in the film. Yeah. Why do we? Are they different than prostitutes? Like. 
I mean, they're what? just the oh the like, hustlers. Yeah. Oh, I it's mean, just the it's the gender just the term gender. kind oh. of yeah, especially in the nineties. Yeah, like, I was gonna say a male prostitute was usually referred to as a hustler. Yeah. Okay. The finale of the plot is that we do this little globe hop where Mike and Scott go to the yeah. hotel where they've heard that Mike's mom is. She's not there. That was the last address they had for her. They go. She's not there anymore. She has a new address in Roma, which is Rome. And I, like I said earlier, I thought it was going to be a joke. It's not a joke. It's actually Rome. They go to Rome. Scott, Keanu Reeves, for those paying attention, falls in love with a, a beautiful Italian lady. I, one sympathizes. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the place where his mom met, where was Mike's mom was, but is no longer. She taught the girl English, but then she's moved on, quote, a long time ago. And that's kind of the last we hear. But then Scott's like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm staying with her for a while. Like, I'm kind of done taking some time off. I guess from hustlering. Yeah, yeah. But I thought hustlering, hustlering was or, your time off from being like guess, the mayor's son who's going to have a lot of money. Time off from being Mike's friend. Right. Mike manages to get back to the U.S. He hooks back up with. We haven't gotten to him yet, but like Bob, and it's a it's a real uh, Fagan situation. Oh, and like Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, Oliver the 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 what word I'm looking for like the urchins. Urchin. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. the hustlers and like Oliver Bob Tress. is it's kind the, of a linchpin. It's, el- it's the elder guy. Boy, they keep calling him fat, and I'm like, Bob's, like, built like me, and that's real. That's hurtful, boys. I mean, I understand it's, like, the Shakespearean dialogue, but... Yeah, he's Hollywood fat. He is Hollywood fat. I mean, that's why, like, the one year... I was in pretty good shape for me, like... But I went as Big Fat Iggy Pop, because you only gotta be, like, 89 pounds to be Big (laughs) Fat Iggy Pop. So I had these, like, great, like... I mean, he had pretty good abs, I had these big, like, great, like, snakeskin pants that fit me like a glove... Like a really sexy glove. And then I had a white t-shirt and I had written in fake blood Big Fat Iggy Pop on it. And uh, it was a great costume and everybody liked it. But, um, you know, I was really was working through some issues. Are we all? I was working say... through some body issues. Yeah, I got I had oh, some, are we I had all? Some, like, I had some issues day, with my appearance. Every day of our lives. I feel like this happens every time I'm on the podcast where we just get five hours in and it's just like we've talked about the movie like two seconds. Yeah. Well, we have talked about the film a little bit. We've discussed bit. the plot. Yes. Um, you know, Mike. A bit. Well, Mike does not reconcile with his mother. He goes back to Seattle or Portland. 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 He's back to Portland. Hooks up with the uh, you know Fagan of the, the crew. crew, Bob. And then they see that you know Keanu Scott has inherited his father's wealth. Yeah, his and... father. His father has just recently passed away. He is now the heir apparent, um, as they had planned, but. Scott kind of, you know, he was slumming it uh, for fun. He was a tourist. He was leading them on, um, especially Bob. And they all go in. They're like, oh, we're going to go into the restaurant. They're having a big old party. And we're going to go talk to him. And they go in. And Keanu has literally turned his back on them. Is not at all subtle. And he's very devil's advocate. He is. Yeah, his hair is slicked back. He's in a nice suit. He's lit by a red light. And he, you know, does a little Shakespearean soliloquy about how, like, Al Pacino's there. When I, yeah, Al Pacino's there. He's like, wow. <laughs> he's like, you know, but Keanu's like, well, when I was, you know, part of your lifestyle, I was preparing to make a change, and, you know, the change has come, and now you're not a part of you it. You're a psychedelic teacher. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, terminology. Mm-hmm. My former teacher, my psychedelic teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Bob and crew were uh, removed. And, uh, you know, and I mean, the. Film ends yeah, with Bob dies, but also Keanu's well, Bob dies and his father's yeah his funeral. his funeral with Keanu's funeral uh, Keanu's father's funeral they both coincide so Keanu is at his father's funeral which is very austere and, and his real father was just Bob 
Yeah. Well, re- quote unquote, real father. Yeah, the person that taught him how to live. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, he looks over, and everybody's just having. It's a borderline, as I said, we were Orgy. watching it. A, well, it's a borderline like uh, New Orleans, like jazz funeral, where they're all kind of like Bob. Bob, yeah. Bob, and they're or all like singing wake, and yeah, have, Irish wake yeah, kind of vibe, yeah. and then they it turns into a table wine out. For yeah, that. it turns into almost a fist fight, and then it turns into definitely an orgy. Yeah, and uh, and I was just <laughs> like, yeah, this is great. It's what I want. That's what I want <laughs> yeah. for my funeral. Yeah, this Hunter's exactly out here yelling, I "Fuck on top of my coffin." Yeah, fuck on my coffin or fight on my goddamn coffin, you goddamn losers. What am I friends Choose you for? Choose one and maybe do them both. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Fluids. I don't give a shit. I'm dead. Who gives a shit? Yeah, blood, sweat, and juice. Actually, yeah. uh, that band that stayed at my house, the one guy kept yelling at the rest of the band that if they didn't fucking jerk off on his grave, that he was like really disappointed. He was like, "Are you when I'm dead? Are you gonna jerk off on my grave?" Like, he just wanted everyone to jerk off on his grave. That seems like that a reminds, very reasonable request. It reminds I mean, me about how I met my friend. Wait, Frank. wait, wait! How sexy a headstone is it? And how like quickly can they come? Because, like, it could oh, get, it like, matter. to indecent exposure levels where it's, like, you get caught. And you're just well, like, I no, mean, this was a friend's final wish. Well, you're in a band. It means you have somebody else to do lookout. <laughs> you stand there and you go, all right, Dave, like. How, uh, literally, how, there is a guy named Dave in the band. I assumed. <laughs> it was a band. I assumed there was a man named Dave. There's definitely a guy you're named You're like, Dave. Dave, how quickly can you come? It's like, oh, like, two, three minutes? Like, all right. Uh, it's going to take me, like, three, four. All right. You go first, and then when you're done, you do look out for me. I'll do look out for you. We'll, we'll trade. So let's get into like really like deep description of my own private Idaho. Yeah. What, what what specific like? Th- okay. We talked a little bit about like so I, the I, brother and I, I mean say, that's I the could big go reveal. My, I could go through my list of things, right? So it's like I base most of my attractions on River. We talked about we that. We covered that, which gets weirder every year because I'm about to be 33. You know. Well, yeah. You got to stop lusting after 20 year old twinks. Oh, look, I, I this is why I'm just saying move it up to 30 year old twinks. The, well, anyway, next note. So, which is that this was like an early indie, uh, before indie became self aware, and we were talking about this earlier about like fucking like yeah. Juno and shit. Yeah, we did talk like so. I mean, Juno and so this is it no mid sentence. I'm sorry. This is this is not a dig at you, Aaliyah, but like Juno's a weird example because that's kind of Diablo Cody's whole thing is how self aware all her shit is. Yeah, it's um, you know like like Jennifer's body is super self aware of horror movie tropes like it's like the scream of indie whatever right and like I did but but it's you're not wrong like there was an aesthetical shift from I mean this was the early earliest of the nineties um, you know to to later indie films and a like the landscape changed for indie in a way that like was unprecedented like indie films used to not really exist at all they were resume patterns like you would oh i was in like these 11 indie films and now i can maybe be in this thing that might get me some traction a horror movie perhaps and then from there maybe you know recognition in hollywood but like in the 90s early 90s indie films hit a weird peak specifically through miramax and other similar films uh film companies where they were marketable. So you got like Slacker, you got Clerks, you got, you know, the, the Tarantino films, which were independent. They were independently filmed, like independently like released and, and made. And they were profitable because they were interesting. They weren't yeah, it was a art. new perspective. Based, yeah, or, and they weren't you know, art films. They were yeah. borderline mainstream films made by outsiders. Yeah. Which is different. It's a different, you know, it's a different approach. 
So was Garden State? In uh, Garden State was oh, the two thousands. That was that's a whole different animal. Okay. Yeah, two thousands, and that was like part of the twee like indie or, thing. I was, I was gonna say, or was that that's like one main? I mean, mainstream. Yeah, he, he got that, you know, because he was a commodity from TV. Okay. And like, I mean, that's fine. I'm not yeah. disparaging. It's not well, a great movie, but I that's mean, not the reason why. Like, also, around that time is when horror became meta. Right, but then, we're all across well, the board now. I'm just saying, like, I for indie, like indi- yeah, yeah, no, there is a there is a certain self awareness that ekes into the culture along with Scream in '96 uh, that you know becomes pervasive in all genres. You know, like it's it's not un- unheard of for a sci-fi film to reference other sci-fi films and know that it's a sci-fi film and yeah, comment on sci-fi film cliches. It's not uncommon for the same thing for indie, for romance, for whatever. Like, I mean, and not even self-aware, but just almost become a parody of it. Fuck that it's, it's yeah. itself. It's, so it's, it's like it was like it's written by people who are so self-aware that it becomes like they know the it's formula. Just, so right, we have to it's a con- the formula, but we right. have to nod that we're subverting the formula. We have to let you know, know that we know we're doing. It's not it. fucking Noah Baumbach anyway. No. It is. So we we this is early, we watched, early um, indie. We watched uh, Swordfish the other day, like a week ago. Yeah, not even and. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a movie that, for no reason, has your main character villain, John Travolta, talking about film the whole time, through the whole movie, for no reason. Yeah. He's talking about, like, uh, Dog Day Afternoon, this, whatever, and that. It's like, okay, because you're pulling a heist? Like, you don't have to talk about Dog Day Afternoon. It's not relevant. <laughs> it's just so that the screenwriter, Skip Woods, by the way, so that he can be like, I know about film. I've seen Dog Day Afternoon. Congratulations, your cookies are in the mail, Skip. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But, like, there's a certain, like, you have to prove your credibility and be more clever than the other shit that you're competing against and in the milieu that you are Right, it's in the, the whole making a nod to something but not surpassing it makes you a clown. Right, and there's no, there's, like, a an aversion to earnestness. The, the act of just making an independent film that has a thing to say, has a point of view, whether it be grand or small, is, like, no longer the cool thing. You have to let everybody know that you're very cool and you're very knowledgeable and you know all your shit. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's why, exhausting. that's why shit like this couldn't exist now. If nothing else, it's a quirky character piece, yeah. which you almost don't get at all anymore. But, like, yeah. it's not quirky for the sake of being quirky. It just no, no, no. Is it's, a char- no. it's not like, hollow. It's, it has no. a point. Have, There's a lot of depth. You have it a has a direction. with a weird, stilted point of view because of the narcolepsy. Yeah. You have these title cards that are, again, but it's like, not his quir- it's not his. It's not, like, his quirk, though. It's, like, his, like, life. Like, it's, yeah. like, tragic. It's not, yeah. it's yeah. not like, just, right. like, oh, right. like, this guy with, oh, isn't it cute? It's, like... It's not, like, um, um, here's the butter. It's a movie about all the people that enter the butter sculpting championship every year it's that where like that's the whole movie it's like they were like oh we can make a a, a, what's this putz that makes like a best in show and uh oh i know who you're talking about uh, i can't remember christopher guest yeah it's like oh we can make a christopher guest movie and it's like no you can't it takes a very specific like point of view yeah to make these people that likable and And lovable interesting yeah right and like you know Butter's not that. It's fine. It's totally serviceable. But after I watched it, I forgot all about it. So yeah, he's not like narcoleptic just for the sake of having no, a quirky. No, just character. for having a quirk, right? Like yeah. he, he, no, it, he it, has like a tragic life. Right. It's representative. It's a vulnerability that yes. he can't really yes. do anything about. It's scary a couple of times, except yeah. that for a lot of it, he has Scott yeah. helping him out. Yes. He's um, he's like 
blessed a little bit. Like, yeah, he passes out on the road. Yeah. Nothing bad happens to him. Yeah. He passes out, like, on the street. Nothing bad happens to him. You know, he passes out in the Fancy Pants neighborhood, and nothing hap- bad happens to him because Scott is there, who puts him, like, on a nice little out-of-the-way lawn, throws he, a jacket over yeah, him, and even, is like... he even says, like, yeah, here, you'll be fine. Yeah, he's like, it's better for you than in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, it's, yes. But that sort of, like, indicative of, like, his inability to address things... Because they, 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 you know, they established yeah, early on yeah, that it's, it's triggered it's an by stress, mm-hmm. right? You know, a good bit, yeah. Like it's, it's there's a lot. Of, you know, um, I do like but, the, when this is when. But um, when you consider the incest storyline too, well, the lady that he almost sleeps with is Alina, which is Grace Zabriskie, which we mentioned. Yeah. And when he passes out, Gary, who is Rodney Harvey, says, yeah. "What causes it? Sex?" <laughs> <laughs> and Keanu says, uh, "You know, he's like, no, no, no that's fine." And then he drags him to the, to the yard, and he's like, "When you wake up in the uh, and wipe when you wake up, wipe the slugs off your face. Be ready for a new day." <laughs> I was like, "That's good advice, Keanu." Yeah. He really, he's very good. Did we talk about the? Uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, the nice home. Do you live here? I don't blame you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a yeah, very that's good such line, a good yeah. line. This is a nice house. Do you live here? Oh yes. I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't blame you. There's a lot of really subtle lines that aren't like. Even no. played for comedy in this, and no, they just are play- funny. I wrote down uh, dude, a lot of River Phoenix. Yeah, River stuff. Phoenix throws away so many lines that so many other actors, and I'll say, milk. I'll say, yeah. lesser actors would make a meal out of. Yeah, no, and he just has like a very. It, it's there's like a strong subtlety to him. Where there's a there's a thing where he really feels like he feels as earnest and like real. As the real hustlers being interviewed, oh, talking about stories said, he at has, all times, like yeah. even that first thing where he, uh, you know, he we watch him get a blowjob, and he was g- living with all of them in Gus Van Sant's house. Oh, Gus sure. Van Sant gave up his house and just like let the hustlers and River Phoenix and Keanu and he everyone really, else live in that house. From what I saw, he didn't really give up his house so much as he relinquished his house. Yeah, he's just the like force yeah. he had yeah. allowed. The inside. force of hustlers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a relinquishment. Yeah, we are mighty. Yeah, I so guess. he just like, and then they all live together. But I was gonna say, but with, like, like that scene is great. Like we watch, we watch, He gets a blowjob. It's very chaste. Oh, like it's not graphic. It's no, not, it's you just know. It, it. You just see a lot of flashback scenes. And yeah, and then like he zips his pants up, and the ten dollar bill it's is still like, in there in his pants. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, dude, that. I don't know if that's intentional or an accident, but it's like an amazing. Yeah, like visualization choice. of specifically this. Oh yeah. Oh, there's then also... when he is like asking the guy through the door, like, "Can I have ten more dollars?" Like, "I'll owe you another date." Like, "That sounds good, right?" And uh, he's like, oh. "Crying tears." And he's like, "Oh, you're crying tears." And he throws it, in and he goes, "Thanks." Thanks. Yeah. And he yeah. picks it up like it's nothing. <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, so many actors would have made like a meal out of that whole performance." Thanks. Yeah. And he doesn't. No. And, like, no. And so many lines in this, like that, like the, the, yeah. do you live here? Oh, I don't blame you. It's so casual. But like thrown away he, in a good way. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, no. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, I've been th- putting on 30 Rock to fall asleep because yeah. I've seen it a million times. It's comforting to me. Yeah. So I'll put it on and I'll fall asleep watching it. And there's so many lines where, like, I'm like, fuck, that's such a funny line. If you just wrote it on paper, like, <laughs> that's a hilarious line. And, like, Tracy Jordan or Scott Adsit or, you know, like, Tina Fey will just, like, or, 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 uh, Jack McBrayer will throw it away where it's like they're not making that their laugh line. They're making no. something else the joke. And I'm like, fuck, that's so funny. I'll be falling asleep and be like, 
Fuck, yeah. that's funny. Well, even even with like his like physicality, his movements, there's like the scene when they're no, in the, there's no, there's, there's, there's the scene like when literally no yeah. one. I've seen so many movies, y'all. Yeah. There's no one that delivers a performance like River Phoenix in this movie. No, it's so fucking beautiful. Like I have ne- and weirdly like specific. Yeah. It feels like a whole person. Yeah, yeah. I have met it feels these like men. him. I have like, met these men that are super sarcastic, trying to hide everything away from the world, but like so vulnerable. Yeah. The only yeah. other so thing, I, like, the only just... other thing I know him from is Indiana Jones yeah. and the Last Crusade. He plays oh, I've young seen everything. Indiana Jones but, yeah. in the beginning. That's a a great performance. Like mm-hmm. it feels like young Harrison Ford in a way that like, oh, I don't know, the guy that played Solo <laughs> didn't nail. <laughs> Like, so yeah. many people have not done good jobs at. But, like, this doesn't feel like that. Well, this I think doesn't the, have that energy, that yeah. that movement. This it's is It's weirder and different. more stilted. And some of that's his performance and some of that's just the way the film is shot. Yeah, yeah. There's Gus Van Sant has yeah. a weird energy, especially early oh, yeah. in his career. Uh, as far as River Phoenix acting goes, I was thinking of the scene in the um, where they're at the ticket for the airline. Literally just Scott says... Hans, and they just stand there for a minute, and then they just start, start cracking laughing. up yeah. laughing. And then, like the ticket is handed, they're just crack like mid cracking up laughing, mid stops, like, thanks, and walks away. <laughs> it feels like twenty year olds who are doing shit to make each other laugh or like feel yeah. a certain way, and they know it's not for the outside world. So it's like, <laughs> cool, thank you. Yeah. And they like, and they go back to laughing. Like, yeah. they're like, "Oh, I have to for two seconds. I have to reach outside the bubble to interact with this human." Yeah, and then I'm back in. But like, like so many of like Rivers' physicalities in this movie, I like I wrote down like his like movement choices. Just yeah. like his movement choices were so interesting. His, his whole his posture, everything about him is so tight. Yeah. And like pulled inward. He's so uncomfortable. He has all so the time. so many weird sitting positions. Oh, and yeah. so many yeah, like so many weird sitting positions. Which only has fetishized. It's a it's a fetish for me now. Um So if you sit on a chair normal, I will not fuck you. I'm like Do you sit with your back against the back of the chair and your feet <laughs> on the ground? No, thank you. I'm Pussy good. is dry. Yeah. Like, uh where did I mention his physicality? It's like, oh, even like oh, when he was like fucking smoking on the at the dinner scene. Uh, in Italy, where he's just like sitting there smoking because he's like so depressed watching like the oh, fucking and guy he loves. And Which funny. also, after him fucking yelling at the girl, shit for smoking at him. When yes, he's that eating. was the great part about yes. it. In some Smokes like at them. place. Yeah. yeah. And like they're, you know, the, the Italian girl and Keanu are being so cute, and he's like deliberately like taking a drag and blowing cigarette smoke at them mm. when like earlier in the film at the diner. He specifically asked a girl, he's like, can you not smoke that while I'm eating? And she's, like, staring daggers at him and smoking. And she's and he like, keeps it's like, a smoking and he goes, section. Yeah, and, and he, he goes, keeps, like, hacking. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but, yeah, even that. I, and and I'm doing a kind yeah. of valley girl. She doesn't even do it that way. No. She's like, it's, it's a, a smoking it's section. A smoking it's section. a smoking yeah. section. But, like, and he's just like, <laughs> Yeah, he. But like his physicality, even that scene, but in the dinner scene too, like where he's just like sitting there, just like sort of like waving his head around while they're just like being all cute. Like, oh yeah, it's like he's under like psychic attack. Yeah, like he's just constantly like holding his head and rubbing his head. It's like it's beautiful though. It's fucking oh, like yeah. oh my god. Like so, we're gonna talk about method acting, right? Like, and I could rant right. about this. Like, I'm gonna rant about this for a moment. So, and I love River Phoenix. I have a fucking tattoo of River Phoenix. Like, I sure. love River Phoenix. 
Well, but like also, he got like that acting is a yeah. choice, but it's not necessarily always a wise choice. No, it's no, not a wise choice. And, to the and so we and get also, deep into method. Method with that acting in that, has like, become the retreat of weak people. But he wasn't also he wasn't no. like he wasn't saying I'm doing method acting. He just ended up hanging out with a lot of people that were like hustlers. Yeah, that uh, were River Phoenix doing was drugs. not a trained right. actor. Well, also like no. method acting and research. Can sometimes be a fine line depending and that's on exactly the thing. Like, how he, far you he, take he was it. just like kind of yeah. like just hanging out with them, but it wasn't right. like method acting. So here's the thing: let me rant for method acting. So method acting is a very fucking male thing. You don't hear about women being like she was method acting. No, it's yeah. A very there's no like oh, did you hear before making Hereditary, Tony Collette was really shitty to her kids for six months. No, it was it's strictly She's male. Really incredibly withholding. And if you want to know from a psychological standpoint about why this is. It is because men don't have, like, there's not as much in-depth empathetic thinking. So you have to embody something tangible in order to embody this character, whereas women can typically actually feel emotionally connected to a character without having to embody it. So you don't have to, like, oh, I have to embody this character to know it. It's like, no, you can empathetically know something. Yeah, you don't have to tangibly, physically know it to understand it. I mean, it's also the socialization of men versus women where a lot of men don't really get no, the and freedom the, to express themselves to and their And the friends. idea that is no. pushed upon people in general, but especially men, that, like, learned experience is better than, you know, mm-hmm. like, Imagined. understood experience. Well, there's right. also that God complex that, like, a lot of um, method actors get where it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did this. Like, there's a lot of praise for this, like, method acting, this commitment to this thing. But it's like right. you're committing but, to this thing because you had to physically embody the thing instead of like, re- like just feeling empathy for a fucking character outside of yourself. You had to be inside of the character to feel it rather than being outside of your fucking self. No, there's the famous uh, story from um, Galaxy Quest where wow they no this is I know I know, I know I know I love Sam they, Rockwell go please they, it's not even Sam Rockwell they did a uh, they did like a scene and at the God, end of it Tim Allen was very emotionally upset and raw you know he was like i don't think i can do another take and he stormed off and went to his trailer the the late great alan rickman may he rest in peace turned <laughs> to the turned to the crew and said i think he just discovered acting <laughs> which is true alan like he rickman was, like, was the man alan guys. rickman was a goddamn man may he rest in peace yeah yeah like he was just like oh that's what fucking acting is my dude yeah like you felt a thing that your character is supposed to be feeling, like whether it's sorrow or embarrassment or yeah. pride or joy or I'm whatever. I'm sorry, like Daniel Day-Lewis, you did great and everything, yeah. but like you didn't need to fucking go through all that. I'm but sorry. Daniel like, Day-Lewis is, and I also maybe think... he did. Well, I also uh. think... No, no, I also think like everything, there's a way to do everything that's not toxic and bad. Yeah. So the, the Daniel Day-Lewis way of like, oh, I'm playing a guy that can't move anything but his left foot. I'm gonna not move anything my left foot. That hurts nobody. And I right? get it. And I get it. Sure. Again, like, and can... that puts you in the mindset. I think it's crazy, but I'm also no. not an Oscar winner. No, like, and that's fair. Yeah. But like, I think it's crazy. But like, that's his. That's his method. But it hurts nobody. I get that. But like, sure. fucking yeah. the stories about Jared Leto, who's no, like, who's God, like, the worst. who's like, the oh, worst. I'm playing Michael Morbius in the Morbius movie, and he's so slow and, and old and sad. Joker. It takes me so long to go to the bathroom mm. that 
It's holding up production because of my awful Ugh. bones. No, don't you mean the Joker sending people fucking dead rats, though? Yeah, well, that was the other uh, thing. Was yeah, like, or like he was worst. like, ah, oh, I got it's a used condom for you yeah, and a dead rat and a shit whatever. or whatever. Because yeah. I'm the yeah. Joker, you get it? No, and I can, I can get what you're saying, but I'm still saying that, like, it's still, it's still Daniel Day-Lewis is still a fucking male that has to embody yes. the character rather than be male. And the thing is, too, is, like, when you're, a, you know, a woman, you know, still, like, cisgender politics, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, we're talking, it could also be a whole conversation about the kinds of roles that are offered to men versus yes, the kinds of roles that say, are offered to women. With women, like, you're typically playing a woman. And so you can usually empathize with that character way stronger than you can, right, and you like, know. Like, and the the the, the basis through, for a female character may be a lot smaller. Well, you go a through a lot than, of the same struggles in general. There's an internalized struggle with women. Like yeah. you know, we all like any like biological cisgendered woman. Like you feel internalized pain a lot. You feel like like you have cramps. You have fucking birth pains. You like I didn't ever had birth, but like you know what I'm saying. Like it's like you have this like a lot of internalized pain. Not to mention this outside force of like fucking you know the patriarchy. Like, just, like, pressuring down on you. So you yeah. have a lot of fucking pain surrounding you. All I'm saying is that there's an entire generation of men that misread Fight Club. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fight Club may be the most widely misinterpreted text of all It is the most misinterpreted thing. Time. Here's the thing. Whenever guys are like, I'm fighting a lot of inner demons, it's like, no, it's just you. That's just you. Like, stop fucking separating yourself from your fucking demons. That's just you. Right. That's the, you just not taking accountability. It's yes. just fucking yes, you. that's true. <laughs> there but, like, the vulnerability of men, which is just their, their basically yes. children oh. seeking their mothers, and that is, there's something very endearing about vulnerability when, like, it's, like, faced with, like, societal expectations of what, like, masculinity is, and, like, caretaking oh, and providing it's hard to it's hard for men down. to ask for or need help and, and this yeah, is why as like a turn over the keys as a therapist or something it's like you're just like mainlining that shit into your blood system of like oh like you're just like seeking like to see like something beyond the fucking facade of male toxicness and just like seeing that pure vulnerability something beautiful about that and i think gus van sant did like male intimacy in oh, friendships yeah. and like even just friendships, not like I'm not even talking no, about no, like, not even romantic, romantic, yeah. just like in friendships, like there's like male intimacy and like male like vulnerability and fragility that like he like portrayed uh, in such the, a fucking way, openness and openness that is so honest, yeah. yeah, that is so honest and so representative that like is not seen anywhere else, no, and he fucking perfectly it's encapsulates not nowhere, it. but it especially in the early 90s was like very rare it was very rare especially in the early 90s, not yeah. presented in a, an exploitative way like when we were watching it and they got to the campfire scene where it's the two of the it's Keanu River and wrote that Phoenix too. sitting around the, the campfire you said this is the whole movie and it is like this, this is, is the scene this is yeah this is your like Oscar clip scene if you were gonna do that and like I don't know if this was what, what this might have been nominated for I don't remember it was kind of before my Oscar time it's River Phoenix you know, talking to Keanu and telling him like, I don't feel like we're as close as we could be. And he's like, I mean like, and river is an uncomfortable stumbling to speak person. He's not eloquent. Uh, so he's like, you know, I mean like we're close, like we're close, but we're not as close as I would like. And he's like, you know, I don't think I could be friends with you. Yeah. He says. And yeah. He's like, but he ends up telling him and he's like, you know, I could love somebody if they without, didn't pay for me. even if they didn't pay me, yeah. I love you and you don't pay me. Ugh. It's it's a perfect little 
moment. And, like, he's not looking at Keanu. Keanu's off to his right. And, and Keanu's looking intently at him, but not like, oh, this is what I wanted to hear, because it's not what he wanted to hear. It's and it's not... a hard scene to watch because it's so fucking raw. Yeah, and it's because it, it's somebody bearing their soul to another person who they know isn't going to be receptive. He knows, as he's saying it, yeah. that, like, it's, it's not... It, I, I've watched a lot of scenes that are supposed to be uncomfortable, yeah. and they're not. This is one of the scenes... That is actually legitimately almost uncomfortable to watch and, because it's, like, very fucking real. But I also like that Keanu does, you know, like, Scott does go, like, all right, and he, like, turns the fucking bag or whatever. He's, like, leaning against. He's, like, come here. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, and, like, hugs him, and it's very sweet. You know, I don't, I don't love you the way you need me to or want me to, but, like, I'm not going to abandon you. And then he yeah. does. <laughs> well, he does, but yeah, yeah like, does. It's, it's fucked up. But like, it's, it's like such a great movie, but it is a hard movie to watch in so many yeah. ways. It's, it's an emotionally you... very open and honest movie. Not the whole time, but when it needs to be, these very specific moments, and it and it like peels back all the you know defenses and all the <sighs> like cinematic like tricks and diversions, and it's just about that. Again, I don't think you see whether like, it's that relationship yeah. between the two of them or him and his mother. Or, well, know. I don't think you, as again, I don't think you see like male fragility expressed in that way in a lot of cinema. There's like there's this like not a very honest portrayal of it. Like you get maybe sometimes like a Hollywood portrayal of it. We don't get a very honest, raw, yeah. like uncomfortable no, no. portrayal of like this fragility and this vulnerability and this honesty in which like *Mine Private Idaho* really accurately displays. And that's why it's such an impactful yeah. and lasting film. And I think that even in, just in films in general, you don't get a lot of unrequited love that isn't played as either a joke or uh, with some kind of big explosive reaction from one person or the other. Like, it's just a fact. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, you feel this way, I don't. And But we're still cool. Like, I, you know, we're, we don't have to never speak. Yeah. And also, it's not a punchline, like, oh, I'm not going to drop the curtain and everyone in school is here to see you confess your love. Like, that, those are things you'd, you know, see in other movies. But, like, you don't get a lot of, like, just earnest drop-the-hammer moments where you're like, oh, this is this is how it is. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, too, because like, it gets that emotional impactfulness without, yeah. like, the use of, like, crying and stuff. Because usually, like, there's, like, some sort of tears. No, there's like, no like, swelling like, score. There's it's no... just, it's just, like, yeah, there's no music to it. The music but, like, in this is odd. It's odd. It's an odd choice. A lot no. of the music's either kind of a riff on green sleeves or it's America the Beautiful. There's a lap steel version of America the Beautiful that yeah. is, like, really interesting and weird. And they do kind of a polka-ish yeah. thing whenever they're in the um, hotel room with Hans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and then there's the oh, German Hans. experimentation music. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, you well, mean Hans' that... audition for Sprockets? Isn't like, yeah. that's isn't what it is. It's, that... it's, hot. it's a German man in a black turtleneck holding a lamp under him. Yeah. I was dancing. Sprockets one year for Halloween. Sprockets. Actually, no. Alvi Dance stuff, or is it just that he used to do that kind of stuff, and they had him do a riff on it or something? What's up? Udo Kier, he as did, as an actor? Yeah, well, did a was he like, on what, wait, no, he did a performance. I think he in did that kind of vein, and I don't know if it was exactly that stuff or if I think he was like a German like, experimentalist yeah, yeah, yeah. musician. Yeah, like um, I don't know if it was his actual yeah, Udo, stuff or Udo, if it was him doing things I don't know, like that. I don't know specifically that. But I knew I know Udo Kier was yeah he was uh, a, a, a weird performance artist like yeah he was in uh, I mean that's redundant he's German and, you know yeah yeah, yeah. 
That's how you get citizenship. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he yeah, was like... So a, he's Hans twice in this film, because the once, he's the guy that drove them from Seattle to Portland, and then again, he's there in the hotel room that's... Yeah, they well, and that introduces in the, the they, uh, they bump they into him in uh, in in Vegas uh, or in the family the tree or whatever. Yeah. yeah, the family tree hotel. Um, that yeah. introduces the whole entire like um, still shot uh, sex scenes that like yes. this movie's like yeah, known for. That's weird. But the thing is, it's is weird you don't... that that's get that gets introduced so late in the movie, yeah, and then I, they repeat it reason... so soon after. But yeah. they, it's not any time preview. Well, for some reason, I didn't. Yeah, not still photos. They go to the family tree to look for. Mike's mom. She's not there anymore. She's moved to Rome. Okay. They see Hans. They bullshit with him for a while. He does his Sprockets Nalvi dance uh, performance, which is a little like Blue Velvet when Dean Stockwell. Yeah, but he has an entire fucking the... lamp, and it's like he's holding a, he's holding a hotel lamp. Dude, it's wild. It's like it's like shit where you're just like, I'm not oh, yeah. on enough cocaine you, for this. You thought yeah. that the early um, earlier in the film, watching River Phoenix dress as a Dutch boy. With, like, a uh, weird man uh, that wants to rub himself against his, like, clean Honestly, that seems garbage. just very authentic to the, like, rent boy experience. Yes. Of just, like, yeah, whatever you want, bro. Let's like, do it. But this is yeah, so you weird. Thought, you thought that I, that was weird, I, and then you I see will, Udu Kier. I will be the little Dutch boy cleaner powder boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will clean your kitchen Using sinks. Dutch cleaning powder or yeah. whatever. He's like, oh yeah, little Dutch and boy. And you think that's almost as weird as it gets, and then you watch no, Udo Kier. Udo yeah. Kier does this weird fucking dance, and then at some point <laughs> Keanu gets up and just turns the music off, and he's like, okay. And he's like, so what are you guys in town for? And he's like, uh, we ro- how did you get here? And he's like, I we rode in on a motorcycle. He's like, what are you doing? Like, We're motorcycle. selling motorcycles. <laughs> and he's like, okay, maybe we should go discuss business. And then it's Hard cut to fake still photos where it's clearly like... Yeah, it's tableaus. It's, it's everybody it's freezing for five seconds yeah. while, you know, Gus Van Sant shoots them. And then they move oh, on to another thing. Like calipers on nipples and shit? Yeah, there was yeah, calipers on nipples weird. and butt cheeks. <laughs> and I laughed so hard at the calipers on the nipples and then they re- reappeared on the butt cheeks. But Yes. Wait, I got... Oh, sorry. Aside, oh, aside, you have to see Blood for Dracula and Fresh Revival. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Blood like... for Dracula. There's a guy named Joe D'Alessandro who is from the Bronx <laughs> who Andy Warhol was in love with and agreed to finance these two movies as long as Joe D'Alessandro got a role in each one. And in both of them, he's playing a European person of some different stripe. But <laughs> he just talks like he's from the Bronx. So, like, it's all these, like, Italian peasant women. And they're like, we might go visit the Count. He's looking for a wife. And he goes, what's he looking for you two hooers for? <laughs> I'm just like, sure. oh, my God. It's amazing. Oh, it sounds so good. Dude, it's amazing. It all stems from my private Idaho. My love for fawn-like men. Fawn-like? <laughs> Yeah, very fun in nature. <laughs> They're just like, and this could all stem if we're going to Gemini it up. That tender vulnerability, just like. Man, we we haven't even, I, like, I understand, like, we've. Boy on top, deer on bottom. This is <laughs> ideal man. Um, no, oh, I understand, like, this is, you know, this is an Aaliyah episode. This we, is all we tend the to get, like, development. Well, we tend to get, like, we, we talk off topic and, and like, yeah, listen, <laughs> this show is not one thing. We have no. certain, when we have certain guests on, certain protocols are engaged, not, yes. not by choice, but by, you know, Province. happenstance. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, when Tina comes on, we're going to goof around a lot. Yeah. We goof around. That's what Tina and I do. When Beerman comes on, there's going to be a lot of, like, weird asides, usually about wrestling. That's fine. When Aaliyah comes on, 
we talk a lot about like who Ali has been fucking. Yeah, like Ali's <laughs> Ali's point of view on this movie. Yes, on my on my sexuality and how it's developed through this well, movie. To, to be fair, like some of that is that I don't I don't know your taste enough yet to suggest like movies. Oh, you should come on for this thing. Yeah. So this I haven't never seen. Well, yeah, do yeah. you want to know my do you want to know my top five right now? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So my private Idaho. Okay. Train spotting. Great. Wait, I have my phone somewhere. I actually have a list. Gotta look it up. It'll. Oh, damn! My ex is texting me, you guys. Oh, it's fine. Tell We're friends. You lost all your money in no. our fees. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All my apes gone. <laughs> Sorry. I have Fifty grand. Sorry, all. Sorry it's all NFTs from here on out. My private Idaho. Number two, train spotting. Number three, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Number four, Twenty Eight Days Later. Number five, Super Bad. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I know. Interesting top five. These are these are my top five. Have you ever seen Velvet Goldmine? Uh, yes, of course I have. Oh, such a good movie. Wait, wait. wait. No. Any final you know notes? About I want. I want to be final notes. Actually, can I have? Can I have two notes about you, costuming? Yeah. Costuming? Yeah, great. Yeah. So the first two notes. Jackets. Uh, well, there is a lot of jackets, and you were There's talking so a lot many about jackets, all the jackets. But I want to fuck um, all the wardrobe. But specifically, I feel like Keanu look a lot like he. Yeah, Keanu look a lot like he came from Newsies, because he was um, yeah, wearing yeah, yeah like slumming with, it. Yeah, Keanu is like suits with yeah, no ties. Yeah, ill-fitting suits, kind of like wrinkly, and then like yeah, a leather jacket. He look like a Newsies. Okay, and um, when he pops up without a shirt on with a coll- dog collar. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. my that sexuality. That's my sexuality. That is my, is... There's gay, straight, bisexual. Yeah. Then yeah. there's Keanu, Keanu Reeves, shirtless, and a dog collar. That is my sexuality. That's how you know the humanity is like a failed I mean, experiment. <laughs> we all didn't go, oh, yeah, that's it. We're good. No, I mean, we're good now. I went, I went, Keanu no. is wearing a dark denim jacket, no thing. shirt. A dog collar and a kinky wristband. <laughs> and, I went, and we're nice. not all cool with it? We didn't all just, like, reach in the theater and just start, like, playing with the other person's yeah. genitals? No, it's I went, that's my sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Keanu was the cover of Mail Call and that little... Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I wrote down all the titles scene. of the porn magazines. There's, like, a weird... Yeah, they did a weird little shot of... It's somebody just going into an adult store. Yeah. And then it's Keanu's on the cover of Mail Call. Yeah, it's it's in, a, you know, it's a wall of male pornography magazines. They yeah. have titles it's, like uh, Joy Boy, Butch, Honcho, mm-hmm. Torso, Mail Call, M-A-L-E, yeah. G-String, Which and, is what River Phoenix was on. Yes, and Mandate. Yeah. Um, and they're all really funny. Now, what's really funny to me personally is Joy Boy mm. yes. is uh, a <laughs> euphemism I use because my mom's bad at remembering stuff. Oh, so, no. This is because uh, your mom. Her trying to describe, like, Almond Joys, I'm always like, I'm like, give me a big bag of Joy Boys. It is a thing. It is a thing. Like, yeah, oh, I've used oh, it for, we talk about. Yeah, I've used it for many years. Yeah. And like she laughs because she goes, oh, yeah. he's, he's like, I can't remember the name of, because she can't remember the specific names of things. She goes like, oh, you know, that thing I like. And I'm like, yeah. you mean like Almond Joy? Yeah, that's it. Like whatever. I like, mean, my mom calls any TV show by its main character. She's like, yeah. oh, Daniel's oh, yeah. watching Bart Simpson right now. Oh, yeah. That's like every everybody's mom with every band ever. Like, yeah. oh, I saw Metallica. <laughs> he was on TV. 
<laughs> he was on an episode of, of the Judge no, Judy. No, and, like, and she was like, oh, we're watching Jon Stewart tonight. Like, it's just like she'll never say the name of the show. She always yeah, yeah. says who's on it. Right. And like, that's cool. Yeah. I get it. I was also talking about <laughs> other costuming decisions. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Including Bob, who at several points had a dirty bathrobe that looks Rub. like he skinned Grover. <laughs> it's true. That's the, the whole movie is just wearing a robe. He's wearing like this blue bathrobe. Yeah. And it's very blue. Yes. It's pretty blue. And oh. then, except that they're going to fucking rip off those scalpers, so he's got a pink robe. Bob is the uh, pigeon. Fagin, pigeon Bob. Sure. Is the Fagin of this situation in that he is kind of the linchpin, the center of this like loose group of, uh, oh, you know, fucked up community. hustlers and urchins and hooligans. And one of them is Bud, played by Flea. Who, every time Flea shows up in a movie, it's the same thing. He just really leans into it. Yes. He's like, oh, I'll be the craziest, most energetic guy ever. If I don't get to play bass, I'm going to lose my goddamn Bank mind. I have so through. much... I'm so used to playing like... Like all the time that like I, if you don't let me do that, I'm going to lose my shit. So every time he's in a movie, he's just like screaming all the time. And that's kind of what he does here. And I was like, I'm, I'm glad to see it. Like, I love Flea. We um, love you, Flea. Did you ever see The Chase from 1992? No, I was just thinking of The Big Lebowski. In The in the Chase... Wait, uh, is he in that? Yeah. He's yeah, he's one of Nihilus. I haven't seen The Big Lebowski in, in the chase, a very long time. Christy Swanson and Charlie Sheen, uh, they go on the run because they're, they're in love. Back. <laughs> yeah, because they're in love. And they go on like a, a freeway chase thing where like police are chasing them. Henry Rollins is one of the cops. But <laughs> there is a monster truck driven by Anthony Kiedis, and the passenger is Flea. Oh, and they're in a monster truck, and they try to get ahead of the Christy Swanson, uh, Charlie Sheen car, and then jackknife into it, and they fuck it up, and they crash. And it's really funny, because I'm just like, ah, oh, Anthony Kiedis and Flea fucked it up real bad. Oof. Movie's funny. Uh, it's, uh, it's real dumb and bad, uh, but it's a fun time. So before my final thoughts of the film, what are yours? Oh, I had a good time. It was nice. I liked it. It was nice. I liked um, it. Yeah. <laughs> to make fun it's, of me. It's good. No, it was, it was good. I mean, I don't know. It's not a feel-good movie, but, like, I think it's a good movie. I So, as we were watching it, like, you were like, oh, it's a, this is, like, a bummer of a movie. And I was like, yeah. I don't remember. It's been, like I said, like, it's, 10 or 15 years. It's got years. a bleakness to it. It does, but I don't think it's necessarily, like, a a real like bummer of an ending like nobody's dead well you know okay. like so the way it's presented you don't really know what's happening so i want to talk about this actually sure yeah let's do it i want to talk about this so okay the opening of the film is 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 river phoenix on a road and he soliloquizes about the road and he yeah, says I like catch a ton of that well he because... says like what the I'm notable t- thing is, he he like holds his hand up to his his face and kind of makes it's like, like a, a fucked up face. It's like, like saying, yeah. "Have a good day." He Have says nice like day. all the all the roads, like every road is a little different. It's like a fucked up face, like they're all different. Yeah. And this one, and he holds his it hand up like to his saying, eye. Have, have a nice day. Yeah, it's like it's like saying, "Have a nice day." And the way he looks at it, like the rest of the screen is blacked out except for these two trees on the horizon, mm-hmm. and like they could kind of be eyes in like a smiley face kind of thing. Um, it's a thing. And so then later on, they're on that road. And then like at the finale, he's on that road again. And he, he kind of repeats it like I'm back on this road. 
I want to talk about that scene because my therapist not too long ago, to basically get my perspective on the world, asked me, what do you think that final scene was? Was like, who do you think picked up Mike? Oh. At that final scene. Well, so he, again, what... he's narcoleptic, so he passes out, falls asleep, mm-hmm. falls asleep on his bag, you know, of his, uh, like, duffel bag of and his And you see him getting clothes. robbed. Yeah, and a truck pulls up, the two guys come up to him, they take his shoes off, they take his duffel bag, they put it, and they drive away, and then another truck pulls up. And someone p- takes him guy in the car. Guy gets out, opens up the passenger side, and starts, like, loading him in. So my therapist asked me, like, what is your perspective on that scene? Basically, they wanted to see, like, what my thoughts were as far as, like, being optimistic or pessimistic in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wait, I can answer that sincerely because I fucking have seen the deleted scene. I don't know how to answer this because I can't tell you some, like, mystical answer because I literally know who it is. And oh. it's his brother. Oh, really? Which is why you said oh. there's one scene with his brother, but... There is a second scene with his brother, which is his brother is the He's, one who picks him up in that scene. Hand? Oh, okay. My I don't therapist, think I ever knew that. much like how I want to not acknowledge the fucking incest storyline, my therapist wants to think that that's Keanu Reeves. That wants to think that that's Scott picking oh. him up. Um, I oh, that's j- definitely not Scott. No. I know it's not, but that's what like no, they want to think. The that's Scott what they want to think. Drive. That's what they want to think. And for me, it's like, I know that that's his brother. Like, that's his brother. I've seen yeah, the mean, deleted scenes. Even, it's even, his brother. Even like, not okay, knowing so that. Okay, so deleted scene is his brother, but, but also, like... But without even seeing that scene, I thought it was a stranger. At worst, it's his stranger. Yeah, and that's no, all no, I could no, think. No, it's no, like, it's like, like the worst in the world. And, like, they wanted to believe in, like, the magic. Yeah, even well, no, Even not knowing... Back for no, I know, but, like, they somehow wanted to believe that, and that was their litmus test for me. Oh, that's... I mean, you're not gonna. But what, they're a but, great therapist. Don't uh, get it twisted. Okay, but, okay. But all right, all right, all right, but that was just one right. of the things where it's like we just had a and common also, bond on that I, film. I have okay. All right. It's a common bond on that film. It was like a thing. But well, yeah, that was Scott's uh, Scott's brother. Well, I was gonna say, even not knowing. Oh, sorry, is, Jesus Christ, Mike's brother. Mike's brother. Even not knowing that was his brother is a cutscene thing. Like, just the language of film shows that like. We've seen him be taken advantage of. These guys rob mm-hmm. him and take his shoes and whatever and drive off. And this is somebody who is like, oh, I will pick him up and take him somewhere. Which is a recurring motif. Like, people constantly kind of do that. Uh, actively and passively. Right. Like, so we don't... It seems like a good ending. I was going to say, we don't see the we've happening never of him seen... having harm happen to him. Yeah, we've never so seen him be taken advantage of thing. in that way yeah. where it's like somebody takes him, kidnaps right. him, does something right. Which awful. Which was actually addressed in the film when he said how much do you make off of me when I'm asleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Keanu says nothing. I don't like, make I anything don't, off of you, it's just anything. a ride. Yeah. Yeah, he goes, I have a ride. And he goes, yeah. do you think I'm, like, selling your body while you're sleeping? I don't, I don't do know. that, Mike. I'm on your side. Yeah, and, like, that's true. Like I, you know, Ken's not a bad guy. He's no, just he's, not the best guy. He's just a. He's just. He's just a rich boy slimming it. Yeah, he's somebody right. who's like. But he's like, not trying to like like play people like chess pieces or anything. No, no, right. he's not. He's but not manipulating them because he doesn't need to. He already he has. Wouldn't all the... help if something bad. No, happened. he's just. He's just. He's just like there for the ride, but he's not like. He's not trying to manipulate the world around him to like benefit him he's just exploring the world around him he, yeah he doesn't for what need it to, is he... but he doesn't need to like do anything to help it to like advance it 
Yeah. He's just there for it. Yeah, no, he doesn't need to, like, manipulate things. He's already ahead of the game. Yeah, he's like, just in it. He's not doing anything further. You know, him organizing the robbery of Bob when they rob the other guys. The bobbery. The bobbery. The bobbery, if you will, with um, the whole Shakespearean breakdown in that scene. We didn't yeah, talk the about pink that. robe we robbery. We talked about that fucking... It's yeah. not important, really, but, it's like... Not, but... There's, there's some guys who are going to be passing by, and they have a lockbox with... X amount of interesting stuff inside yeah, I it. I guess they're scalpers. S- yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, no, they're just they're just guys in a band. So Keanu and Bob a Beaverton. And, yeah, they uh, they organize like, oh, we're gonna rob them. So everybody puts on these pink robes, mm-hmm. and they approach them, and they're like, oh, who are these guys? There's some kind of fucking monks in robes or whatever. They pour beer on them. And then Bob pulls out two guns and just fires them into the air a up couple times. Up against the wall, space scumbag. Yeah, he's like, get up against the wall, give me your shit, and then they all run away, and that's cool. Yeah, but the, but uh, Keanu and uh, River Phoenix have, you know, put on other different robes, and they light off a bunch of fireworks, and then they come running at Bob and the other guys, and they scare them off and hit them with bats until they run away. Yeah, they make and it seem like there's so many other A people. different, yeah, there's yeah. a different faction at play. Yeah. And they take the money, and then they just use it to humiliate Bob by asking Bob, like, oh, so what happened? Why didn't you get the money? And Bob's story elaborates from there were two guys to there were four to there were six to there were seven to there were eleven, you know. Yeah, my notes were math is hard when you're lying. And so at the end of it, you know, Keanu kind of calls him on and is like, oh, you're a liar, Bob. But he gives them the money, and, you know, it's kind of all for nothing. They don't gain anything except for humiliating Bob, which, you know, like, I don't know if that's necessarily, like, a net evil or a net good thing, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, I think also Scott's dad's fucking jackbooted thugs raiding the whole hotel area that they're in, it kind of diffuses the whole situation. Like, I mean undercut anything Bob might want to do. I mean, also, they kind of get out of Dodge, but, like, not even on well, purpose. The thing, but they're the, also all know. waiting on Scott's inheritance. Yeah, yeah that's so, the thing yeah. is, none of none of the rest There's of the plot of, of like, the sh- movie has yeah. anything to do with anything. Yeah, yeah, so we think, well, but it seems like that, like, everyone's like, or Scott's using them all as a ploy, but they're all using him, too. Yeah, I mean, it's Bob, and everybody else is secondary to Bob. Bob is waiting out the inheritance hoping that, that when Scott'll give Bob something. Yeah, I yeah, mean like he they even all says say they're going to fall back. When well, Bob when Scott says like Bob, you'll have a job as this thing whatever and then he walks away, Bob even says like at least he has offered me a job. Yeah. Like I think. You know, Bob is hoping to come out ahead in some way from having like nurtured and nursed this young urchin. Yeah. Everybody's kind of waiting on that windfall that they're hoping will benefit all of them, but like, you know, realistically, yeah, he doesn't Scott's plan not, on helping them and them at all. Yeah, no, no. Scott has always been a tourist. Yeah, it's very interesting to see Keanu this early in his filmography playing uh, a villain of this like stripe. He's not. You it's know, a, he's it's not a complex villain though. It's not. Yeah, it's not it's, straight out a villain. It's not villainous. It's not. No, despicable. It's, he's just somebody who has, you know, different motivations than everybody around him expects him to have. It's an interesting character and an interesting portrayal. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, unsurprisingly, Keanu's a very good actor. He is, though. If he's cast right. 
We're gonna go through everyone's final thoughts. Allison. Oh, it was good. I liked it. It was sad, mm -hmm. but it was good. Oh, and fuck, guys. We didn't talk about the minions. Oh, <laughs> oh I mean, no. actually, we didn't. No, this is the footnote. This is the end of the episode. So, so Keanu steals a motorcycle, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he and River drive uh, in Idaho. They get pulled over by a cop because they can't get the bike started. And the cop sees him and is like, hey, what's going on here? And he's like, uh, I guess you don't know anything about motorcycles because you're not a motorcycle cop. And he's like, oh, I, I can turn it over probably. Then we get to them at the hotel and then they meet up with Udo and, you know, they have a, a night of passion in which I guess they trade him the motorcycle. Because then we see the motorcycle pulled over again by the same cop, but it's Udo this time. And he has goggles on and he looks like one of the minions <laughs> and he's riding this yellow motorcycle and I'm continuously also, tortured by also looks like another one of the minions I'm continuously tortured <laughs> by my friend who sends me minions memes day after day even though I say I'm setting a boundary she doesn't listen yeah like Aaliyah's been getting fucking like mi minion spam texts <laughs> on a daily so she's traumatized so that's where minions came from and you're all welcome to know that and I know it now and so do you? <laughs> anyway, so does a sense of self-exploration. Anyway, go watch E2 Mama Tembien and watch My Own Private Idaho. Yeah, this is, this is a great watch. And you might fully understand who I am as a person. You won't. <laughs> no, because there's like some punk elements that we're leaving out. You'll you'll understand Velvet Goldmine. part of Aaliyah, but like, I've known, never I've known Aaliyah for a few years and it's a, it's a rich tapestry. <laughs> I, I like to think that I am a rich tapestry. There's no one thing that explains all of it. No. Hello, listeners. Uh, due to some technical difficulties, the very end of our episode was cut off. It was just the uh, farewell, outro, that kind of thing. So I'm going to do that right now. Uh, we all voted this film as Great Watch, and it is, and you should watch it. You can email us at writehatewatchgreatwatch. That's W-R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W at gmail.com. And follow us on HWGW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Get us every other Wednesday. That's every other Wednesday on the Movie John Podcast Network. And please support the Movie John Patreon. That's patreon.com slash movie J-A-W-N John. Alright, thanks for listening. He like, bought me a hoodie. Yeah, she's like, they're fine. And I was like, no, 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 you love them. They're your favorite thing ever. <laughs> and so I went to Target one day, like, and there was like a like $10 Minions hoodie. It's I was like, oh, I got print. this for you. Don't worry. I wore it under a leather jacket, so just the hood and the cuffs were showing, so then it was cool. Yeah. Does it still exist? Yeah, it's she at my dad's it, house. Yeah. I was going to say, are you willing oh, yeah. to sell it? So, uh, you know what? No, don't sell it because <laughs> I don't want to enable my friend's fucked up god awful it's a great look. addiction it's a great look especially under a leather jacket yeah let's it lets people know i'm tough but i'm also an idiot <laughs> <laughs> shitty it thank you banana banana motherfuckers banana this has been a movie john podcast